Gracious Lord, give us the bread of life always. Amen. Come, ye thankful people, come, raise the song of harvest home. It is so good to be here with you all this morning to celebrate Thanksgiving. I have nothing at all against parades, turkeys, or football, but Thanksgiving never feels quite right to me without gathering to also give thanks to God. Because the danger of being thankful in the abstract without having a subject for our thanks is that we might start to think that all of the good that we have, we have earned by our own striving or just by being lucky. It is meet and right though to gather in the name of God, to sing hymns of praise to God, to celebrate the Eucharist, the great thanksgiving on this day of gratitude. Such worship directs our thanks, not inwardly or to chance, but rather to the God who has chosen us and loves us in Jesus Christ and intends these blessings for us. Now, there are a lot of ways to think about thanksgiving and gratitude, but the lens that Jesus gives us this year is that of bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, of course, today, bread is a staple. And many of the meals that we will share later today, there undoubtedly will be bread. It might be dinner rolls, pie crusts, or cornbread stuffing. But in one form or another, we will all likely eat bread later today. Use that as an opportunity to reflect on and give thanks for Jesus, who is the bread of life. Now, the section of John that we heard from this morning follows the feeding of the 5,000. And understandably, that incident got people's attention, and crowds began following him, seeking more of this bread. Jesus, though, questions the more that they are after. Jesus says that they are coming to him not because in him they see signs that the kingdom of God is coming on earth as it is in heaven, but rather because they want more of these loaves that have been multiplied. The question to us is, what do we pursue? That which shall perish or that which is secured by Christ? If we were to think in terms of the gratitude lists that many people will make today, we get a sense of what it is we are after. If our gratitude is rooted in how comfortable and big our bank account is, or how solid our reputation is, or how much growth our business has seen in the last year, well, then we are pursuing things that shall perish. Now, it's not to say that we cannot appreciate those sorts of things, but if those are the reasons why we are grateful, then we will be in pretty rough shape when the winds shift direction, as they always do. Jesus counsels us instead to pursue the food that endures for eternal life. That is, the food that he himself is for us. We can be grateful for the fact that our sins have been set aside by God, that there is nothing that stands between us and the eternal love of God, and there's not a thing that we have to do in order to earn this grace. Rather, we can enjoy it. We can be grateful for the fact that Jesus has shown us his most excellent way of love, 
We can be thankful that God has given us to one another and given us the purpose and the joy of becoming beloved community. These blessings flow from God and they will never run dry. But bread that never runs out is an interesting offer, especially to the people to whom Jesus was speaking. Most of them lived on the loaf that was a part of their daily ration. Every day, their livelihood and sustenance depended on being given a loaf of bread. And some days, that loaf didn't come. Some days, it was only half a loaf. One of the hardest things for us in our relatively prosperous context to remember about the Gospels is that for the most part, these are stories written by and to people living in deep poverty. Being given bread that endures, that never spoils, that never runs out, is another way of saying that Jesus is offering them security and liberation. It's quite the offer that Jesus is making them. Like us, though, they want some evidence. They mention that Moses had given them bread in the wilderness. When the people left slavery in Egypt and they were wandering through the wilderness towards the promised land, they were fed with manna, which appeared daily. But Jesus corrects them. It was not Moses who gave them that bread. Rather, it was God who fed them. And it is the very same God who sustains the people in the wilderness that will sustain us in the wildernesses of our lives. Call it a down payment, a guarantee, a proof. They wanted to know how were they going to get this super bread that never spoiled? To which Jesus says, no, no, no. You are thinking of this all wrong. I have not come to give you stuff. I am not a genie who grants you wishes. Rather, I have come to give you myself, for I am the bread of life who has come to give life to the world. It's as that African-American spiritual puts it, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. You may have all this world, but give me Jesus. Jesus does not give us bread that never perishes. He is the bread that never perishes. If we have Jesus, we know that all shall be well. Now, one of the interesting things about the manna that the people received in the wilderness and that the people suggest would be the sort of evidence that they would accept is that the word manna means, what is it? Now, we don't know exactly what manna was, some sort of flaky substance that the people ate. But they clearly did not know what it was either. Because in the Hebrew language, they have words for bread, food, and flakes. But they did not call this heavenly bread by any of those words. Instead, they named it with a question. What is this? What is it that we truly need? That truly satisfies us, that truly nourishes us? It was St. Augustine who famously said that our hearts are restless until they rest in God. And how true that is. We can look for meaning and purpose in fame, in pleasure, in wealth, in achievements, and we will get tired before we ever find it. 
Brands spend billions of dollars every year on research and development, and just as much on marketing and advertising, because they always have to come up with something new to capture our attention, to dazzle us, to momentarily satisfy us. And yes, the church really could do a better job at bringing people into the story of God, but we have never once had to develop version 2.0 of the bread of life. We do not need to convince people that this bread satisfies our hunger for love and mercy, because once we have come and seen and tasted the goodness of God's grace, then our hearts make that same request that we heard in today's passage, Lord, give us this bread always. When Jesus is introduced at the beginning of John, we read that in him the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us, revealing the grace and truth of God. And throughout John, Jesus makes seven I am statements, seven sayings where Jesus is pointing us to the fullness of this grace and truth. And what we heard this morning is the first of those sayings. I am the bread of life. Jesus is what nourishes our faith and helps us to grow as Christians. Jesus was broken for us on the cross just as a loaf is broken, so that we might receive grace upon grace from seeing and knowing the unwavering depths of God's love for us. Jesus, like the bread that we will eat later today, gathers us around the table in fellowship with God and all creation. Jesus is both the host and the meal of the Eucharist, in which we are fed out of the depths and abundance of God's peace, love, and grace. So how do we receive Jesus? How do we feast on this bread of life? Well, one way is to sit with him daily in prayer. That prayer, give us this bread always. That's a prayer that can bear whatever weight we put on it, our deepest hopes and needs. We can share Jesus just as we would share bread with our earthly companions. We can tell others to come and see the reason for the gratitude that we have found through St. Luke's. We can partake of the Eucharist regularly as a way of not just knowing that Jesus is the bread of life, but as a way of seeing this bread, receiving it into our hands, taking him into our very bodies. Just as we cannot live without food, we cannot be alive in God's love without Jesus. The Eucharist is a tangible way for us to be fed by God so that we can be reminded that God sustains all of our lives. Later today, when you break some bread, remember that Jesus is the bread of life who was broken for the life of the world. And so let us therefore keep the feast and feed on him daily in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving.